with me to Matthew the 17th chapter. Matthew chapter 17. And um, we'll jump back in at verse number 14. Amen. Matthew 17, and we'll begin at verse number 14. So some terminology that I believe the Lord has uh, laid on my heart. The first one is this word faith, Maddox. And it is a play on the concept of mathematics. And faith, Maddox involves carrying out and accomplishing by the established manner of faith. The established manner of faith. There is an established manner of faith. And we see that Abraham set the example for us and did so in such an accurate way that his footsteps of faith are the ones that we're to follow in even to this day. So again, carrying out and accomplishing. There are some things in our lives that can only be accomplished by faith. And, and although what I just said to you is true, even you know, the way that I said it gives a, a, a false impression that somehow faith is only to be used for hard things. We, 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 we are called and created by God to live by faith, to walk by faith, to do everything that we do by faith. Amen. That's why we are becoming a faith matician. And we've said a faith matician is someone with extensive knowledge and skills in the use of faith to solve otherwise impossible life problems. Amen. Amen. Now, let's go to our text. Matthew chapter 17, beginning at verse 14. And when they had come to the multitude, a man came to him, him being Jesus, kneeling down to Jesus and saying, Lord, have mercy on my son, for he's an epileptic and suffers severely, for he often falls into the fire and often into the water. So I brought him to your disciples, but they could not cure him. Then Jesus answered and said, O faithless and perverse generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I bear with you? Bring him here to me. And Jesus rebuked the demon, and it came out of him, and the child was cured from that very hour. Then the disciples came to Jesus privately. So all this happened publicly. And it was no uh, small stir, amen, as the Bible says in the book of Acts about some similar situations. It, it, it was a, um, a scene, amen, if you will. And so um, they came to Jesus privately and said, why could we not cast it out? Now look at me for a minute, because we've got we to give them some props here. Because at least they knew that they should have been able to do that. And to their credit, they didn't come up with some kind of silly religious argument to try to make themselves look better. They didn't blame it on the, the little boy. They didn't blame it on the little boy's dad. They didn't, 
They didn't talk about God's timing. They didn't talk about the will of God. and all that. They knew that you know, this was clear to them, and it needs to be clear to us, but it was clear to them that that demon should have left when, when they told it to go. And so again, notice they're humbling themselves. You know, they, they, they come privately and they're like, look, you know, Jesus, obviously something didn't go as it should have gone. These things didn't turn out the way they should have turned out. And, and we, we want to learn from this. Why could we not cast it out? Let me, go, let me just stop here for a minute. I think we're going to go back to the verses yet again tonight because there's a couple of things I, I want to show you from those verses we hadn't looked at yet. But, but remember, in, in both Luke and Matthew, we see before this event that Jesus had already given them power and authority over every, all unclean spirit, spirits to cast them out. So I, I know that... I'm not trying to way oversimplify this, but they knew that they had that power and authority. They had used that power and authority. They had cast demons out before. They had seen Jesus cast demons out before. And so their question not so much is, is um, you know, pride or anything like this. It's like I, I, almost, I almost hear this tone in it. Why didn't it work, Jesus? <laughs> you know, why? It's worked before, why didn't it work this time? The demons have always left before, why didn't they leave this time? They left when you told them to go, why didn't they leave when we told them to go? So Jesus said to them, because of your unbelief, for assuredly I say to you, if you have faith as a mustard seed, you will say to this mountain, move from here to there and it will move and nothing will be impossible for you. Now, I don't know what you are dealing with in your life that's trying, I'm, I'm choosing my words carefully, that's trying to defy you. That's what we have going on here. That, the demon in that little boy was in open defiance of the power and authority the disciples had to cast him out. And when that demon defied them, maybe panic is too strong of a word, but maybe questioning is too weak of a word. But it caused them to step back and like, whoa, what is this? Now, in Luke's account of this, we see that when Jesus went to cast the demon out of the little boy, that demon showed out. It slung that little boy on the ground. That little boy started convulsing and, 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 and probably bending backwards and just, you know. And, and, but Jesus, that didn't freak him out. That didn't, that didn't move him at all. It didn't affect him at all. I mean, it was just smoke and mirrors, you know. And so we got to believe that something very similar happened when the disciples went to cast him out. In other words, we don't have that recorded, but if the, if the demon did that 
to try to intimidate Jesus, how much more did that demon do that to try to intimidate those disciples? So when Jesus says, it was because of your unbelief, for assuredly, that word assuredly means I know that what I'm saying to you doesn't sound right, but I'm telling you it's right. And, and I believe one of the reasons why Jesus said assuredly is because the disciples believed in their heart that demons could be, should be, have been cast out by the authority in Jesus' name or by the authority that Jesus gave to them. So in other words, Jesus is saying assuredly, it's, it's because of your unbelief, and assuredly when you tell them to go, they go. Remember now, they've just experienced something in their life defying them. Basically, they told it to go and it, and it didn't. Let me, praise God. There's a lot of stuff connected to this that I really feel like we're going to probably spend a whole entire sermon on at some point in the future. But let me, the Bible says we're not ignorant of the devil's devices, lest he gain an advantage over us. And one of the things that you need to know about, about your enemy, about the devil, is that he will push you as far as you let him push you. If, if he can uh, get away with putting something on you that Jesus paid to have removed from you, he'll do that. He'll walk up in the middle of something and try to, try to mess it up. And, and, and again, part of that is he's just trying to see what you know. He's trying to see if, if, if you're not sure whether or not he can, he can do that, has a right to do that or not. And so this is where we have to stand our ground in the face of things that would try to defy us. Now remember, Jesus is, is talking about a mountain moving because the connection there is they told the demon to move and the demon didn't move. Jesus said, not only can you tell it to move, you can tell it where to move to. And it'll, it'll not just have to leave when you tell it to leave, but it, your authority even extends beyond that. You can not only tell it to leave and it has to go, you can tell it where to go and wherever you tell it to go, it has to go there. We have an example of this in the scriptures, don't we? The pigs, that's right, whoever said that. Jesus told that legion of demons not only to leave the man, but he told them to move into the pigs. And, and they had to do it. Not only did they have to go, they had to go where he told them to go. Wow. Wow. Now, when Jesus uses the mustard seed. Jesus was a, a master teacher, a master storyteller. And he was given the assignment from his father to take complex things from God's world, from heaven, and bring them here to the earth and explain them to what was for the most part um, a, a lot of uneducated people. I don't mean that in a, in a derogatory way. We are blessed in this country 
to have the public education systems that we have and all that stuff. That, they didn't have those luxuries and those opportunities in, in their day. And so, you know, of, of all these, you know, publicans and sinners, the, the folks that were looked down on by the religious establishment, these folks weren't educated. And again, I don't think I have to make the case for that in scriptures, but again, if you read the Gospels, you'll see what I'm telling you is the case. And yet Jesus was a master at, at teaching these things and explaining these things. And, and he, he loved a good comparable. He loved a good parable. And he loved a great object lesson, right, where he could demonstrate something. And so in this case, he uses a, a, a comparison in that he compares faith as a mustard seed is enough to move a mountain from here, not just move the mountain. You know, we think like if the mountain moves two inches, we move the mountain. No, Jesus like not only move the mountain, but move it wherever you tell it to move to. Now, why a mustard seed? And I, I've heard a lot of great teachings and sermons on, on, on that over the years, and, and I'm thankful for all of them and agree with probably most, if not all of them. But sometimes we, we go really complicated with things, you know, looking for the hidden meaning, looking for the, the deeper revelation, and we miss the simplistic, um, <laughs> you know, thing that Jesus, I think, was, was trying to say. And that is, I believe this, a mustard seed would have been among the smallest visible items that these men would have been familiar with. A mustard seed is, is almost like a, a, a speck of coarse ground pepper. I mean, it's, it's tiny. But the amazing thing about it is a very, very large plant comes from the mustard seed. So you take one of the smallest visible things that these men would have been familiar with and then you set it against one of the largest and seemingly most immovable things they would have been familiar with. So Jesus went opposite ends of the spectrum here as far as physical things are concerned. But faith is not physical. Faith is spiritual. Faith is a substance that comes from another world that we have been given the measure of, a measure of. And so what Jesus is saying here is that the tiniest amount of faith is enough to move the largest obstacle on planet Earth. You can't, you can't see faith but the, 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 the smallest quantity of it imaginable is enough to move the most seemingly immovable thing in this physical realm. That's, that's some powerful stuff right there. I wouldn't call myself a history buff, but I have for many years been interested in, in, in world history, U.S. history. And over the last several years, um, things pertaining to World War II. And, of course, 
you know, the atomic bomb that basically ended um, war with Japan. And the size of that bomb, which again, it was bigger than a mustard seed, but still, compared to the devastation that it produced, you, you're talking about some serious power in a small package. And then, of course, we went, developed, you know, the hydrogen bomb, and, the, you know, there's, amen. But the point I'm trying to make, though, is you, you could drop an atomic bomb on Mount Everest, and it'd probably knock a dent in it. But it ain't, it, ain't, it ain't doing away with it. It ain't moving it from here to wherever you want it to go. So <clears throat> I'm, the devil never wants you to consider the power of faith and, 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 and what it can do. Jesus was not exaggerating when he said, nothing shall be impossible to him who believes. Nothing. That wasn't an exaggeration. It wasn't an object lesson. It wasn't a... Uh, 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 you know, an, uh, what is this, a metaphor, whatever. He's literally saying nothing's impossible. Now, <clears throat> let's, let's take that and let's go back to the story. Why couldn't we cast it out? Again, I believe the tone of this conversation I, I know I've been repetitive with some things tonight that we've already covered, but that's fine. I, I, I know for me personally, I, I, have, I have camped out here, not just to prepare a sermon on uh, Wednesday night. I, I've camped out here um, in my own personal life and study and conversations and dialogues you know, with the Lord. And, 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 you know, if you understand that the volume of miracles Jesus performed on this earth um, are, it would be very difficult to calculate how many people he healed, how many demon-possessed children he set free, how many, John said it this way, if everything was recorded and written on paper, there wouldn't be room enough to contain the volumes. Which means, my brother and my sister, what we have recorded and preserved and presented to us is extremely selective, extremely important, and every detail, every uh, aspect of these uh, miracle accounts, we, we need to pay attention to them. Then combine that with some of these things we have looked at and we'll be looking at in the days ahead are recorded in multiple Gospels. And we see details in, in one that wasn't recorded in the other. Take Jairus' daughter, for example. If you look at all three Gospel accounts of, of uh, that miracle, her being raised from the dead, you find out a little bit more, you know, in other words, Matthew recorded details that Mark didn't, Mark recorded details that, that, that Luke didn't, Luke recorded details that the other, you follow what I'm saying, amen. And again, every detail of these things, critically, critically important. It, it, 
let me, let me try to say this to you another way. <clears throat> if, and I'm just, I'm just making up a number, I, but let's just say, let's keep it round, let's keep it even. Let's say there were 10,000 different occasions of someone having a demon cast out of them. I don't think that's, a, that's an unreasonable number, okay? 10,000, I'll tell you what, let's, for those of you that you're growing in your faith, there were 500 of them. There were 100 of them. You realize that there was a reason why of all those 100 experiences where this happened, right, there was only a very, very few of them that were recorded in the Gospels. So why was this one recorded when maybe 7,000 others were not? You follow what I'm saying? It's because there are things here that are communicating more than just Jesus has power over devils and so did the disciples. There's, there's value in these things that we need to dig out. It's the glory of God to conceal the matter, glory of a king, we're kings and priests of our God to dig it out. All right, so now again, why couldn't we cast it out? I believe there was legitimate surprise, maybe even shock on their part when they told the devil to go and it didn't go. Let me, if I could, and if this makes you nervous, just hang with me, all right? I believe the tone of this question, why couldn't we cast it out, would be something along these lines. Jesus, what do you have that we don't? Or how about this one? Jesus, what did you do that we didn't? <laughs> I mean, they rebuked the demon, told it to go, it didn't go. Jesus rebuked the demon, told it to go, and it left. Jesus, what, do you, what did you do that we didn't do? What do you have that we don't have? Why could we not cast it out when you obviously could? And you gave us your power and authority to cast them out. Right? That's, that's the, the, the tone, if you will, behind these questions. And I believe the disciples were also surprised by Jesus' answer concerning unbelief being the reason. Now, here is a simple statement, but... My prayer is that it lands on your heart the way it's landed on mine, okay? According to Jesus, they didn't need anything else. They only needed faith in what they had already been given. Okay? Now, we ain't talking only about them. You, you follow what I'm saying? In other words, <laughs> we talking about them to learn about us. We, we want to understand them so we can understand us. We want to see this by the, by the uh, anointing and, and, and wisdom and insight of the Holy Spirit. We're, we're wanting to see this as clearly as we can possibly see it because there are very important lessons here for us to learn, understand, and apply to our lives. I believe they came to Jesus thinking, you know, what you got that we don't got? What, what, 
I believe they were literally thinking that they knew they had been given power over all unclean spirits, you know, to cast them out. They knew they had that, so evidently there was something else in addition to that that they needed. And Jesus is like, nope. You don't need anything else. You only need faith in what you have already been given. Now, let's talk about me and you tonight. The Bible says that we have been given all things that pertain to life and godliness. My brother, my sister, the simple thing tonight, and I'm not trying to offend you, I'm trying to help you. I'm not trying to beat you down, I'm trying to lift you up. Listen to me, please. Because we can keep wallowing around in this idea that we're waiting on God to give us something that we need so that we can do what He's told us to do when that is not the case. He has given us everything that we need. We don't need anything else. We need faith in what we've already been given. I um, had went through one of the more challenging times, at least to, uh, up to that point, um, as, a, as a pastor learning on the job by the Holy Spirit. And, and um, I won't go into all the details, but we had experienced some very, very difficult and, fr and frustrating things and some people that we were believing for, to be healed, and just got through preaching some funerals, and sad, and anyway, I, but I, was, I was laying in the floor right, right over there, and just kind of having me a little crybaby time with the Lord, and then I knew better, I started trying to encourage myself. Bible says you encourage yourself in the Lord. So I was, I was encouraging myself, or at least call myself encouraging myself. And, and I said, well, Lord, I, I know that one day when I'm with you, I, that, that, that uh, you, you'll answer these questions for me. And clear as a bell, I don't mean an audible voice, but in my spirit, clear as a bell, this is what he said to me. He said, there is no question that you will have on that day that I will not answer you chapter and verse from the word that you have right now. See, we think we're going to get over there and we're going to find out what we didn't know. We're going to find out what he held out on us. We're going to find out what we needed and he didn't give us. We're going to find, no, see, that, that ain't happening, dude. Father, I just don't understand why this happened. Um, Matthew 12, 34. That's why it happened. Words, you know, that's how he's going to answer us. We think he's going, well, son, you know, you just, um, nobody on earth could handle these kind of heavy questions and, and answers. And so I just, I figured one day when we got up here, I'd set you down and explain it to you. No, that ain't happening. He's going to answer us chapter and verse from the Bible we have right now. Any question you have about something you don't understand on this earth, if you're expecting some, some you know, hidden answer that, that's not available to you now, wrong. So, I don't think the disciples were expecting this particular answer, okay? But they didn't need anything else.
They only needed faith in what they had already been given. Now remember, let me put them up on the screen right quick for you. You got a few more minutes? Matthew chapter 10, verse 1, And when he had called his twelve disciples to him, he gave them power over unclean spirits to cast them out and to heal all kinds of sickness and all kinds of disease. Right? Okay. Let's look at Luke's account of that same experience. Luke chapter 9, verse 1. Then he called his twelve disciples together and gave them power and authority over some demons, all demons, and to cure diseases, he sent them to preach the kingdom of God and to heal the sick. So if you've been given power and authority over all unclean spirits to cast them out, what else did they need? Are you, are you follow what I'm saying? There's this idea that, that you know, that they needed something else to get this job done. All they needed was faith in what they'd already been given. I don't know what, I don't know what you're facing tonight, but listen to me. The word of the Lord for you tonight is you've, you've got what you need. Don't let the devil lie, lie to you and deceive you into thinking that you're waiting for God to give you something so you can have the breakthrough that you need in your life. You, he has already done it. He has already bought and paid for it. He has already given it to you. He has already called it yours. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I tell you what, I'm going to finish right here, but let me just... We don't believe in kicking a dead horse here at Heritage, but we do believe in putting multiple nails in the coffin of a religious lie. There are those who believe that God is somehow behind people being sick, that somehow He does it or allows it or even puts it on people to teach them a lesson, to help them grow, all this crazy stuff, okay? And I see some of you shivering because you know that ain't true, but there's a lot of people, a lot of people, a lot of tongue-talking, spirit-filled people who believe that. And the Bible, of course, makes it very clear that that's not the truth. But here, again, we have it verified. When Jesus said, I'm giving you power and authority over all demons, over every kind of sickness, over every kind of disease, all sickness, all disease, all demons, you have power and authority. Go heal the sick. Go cast out the demons. Go help these men and women because the harvest is great and the laborers are few. 
Do you see how these verses then expose the lie that sickness or at least some sickness is from God? Jesus did not say, you go heal them unless Father made them sick. Right? In other words, if God makes people sick because he's trying to teach them some lesson and it's some deep work that he's been doing in their lives now by multiple years of suffering, we can't have the disciples going and messing that up by healing somebody that's not supposed to be healed yet. Right? Jesus is making it very clear by connecting not just the um, casting out the demons, but while you're at it, go ahead and heal their sickness and disease as well. And it doesn't matter what the sickness or disease is because it all comes from the same place and not a single uh, uh, um, diagnosis of any kind of or even a symptom is of your father and my father so anywhere you anywhere you find sickness just like anywhere you find a demon cast the demon out and heal the sickness are you are you seeing how he just he in other words if <laughs> if it all wasn't from the devil if some of it was from his father. How about this? If it was all from his father, Jesus just incited rebellion against his father. He just told a bunch of people to go rebel against something his dad's doing, which we know his dad ain't doing that stuff. But let's just say on the, on the you know, that rare occasion when, you know, God was actually, well, see, then Jesus is going to have to say, now look, you know, some of these demons are, are, are my father's business and if they don't come out when you cast them out just know that that's one of those rare cases where no see all of them all sickness all disease all kinds of sickness all kinds of disease I, I, I love it when he says not just all sickness and all disease but all kinds of sickness and all kinds of disease Infections, for example, that's a kind of sickness. That's a category of sickness. Yes? Come on, some of you are lucky you're being tortured. We need to get excited about this, right? Because you do realize that you have power and authority over all unclean spirits to cast them out, and you have power and authority to heal all kinds of sickness and all kinds of disease. So infection would be a kind of sickness. And what we're learning now is that there are different kinds of um, infection, uh, infectious diseases, mutated uh, uh, bacteria, um, uh, viral type. Uh, uh, you know, these are these are living uh, things that that mutate and change. What's the point? The point is. There are infections attacking people's body today that didn't exist in the day that Jesus gave power. And so that's why I believe he didn't just say all sickness. He's all kinds. All kinds. Cancer is a kind of sickness. And they're all 
different variations of it. Come on. Amen? Right? How about mental illness? See, again, that's a kind. That's a kind. All kinds, all different, you know, would maybe fall into that category. Jesus, every kind, every kind, don't matter, whatever the category, whatever the problem. If it's something physiological, heal it. If it's something demonic, cast it out and heal it. Amen. Just, he says, roll up your sleeves and just go, just go do it, right? Amen. Stand with me tonight. Praise God. I want you to start confessing. Come on now. I want you to start confessing that you have power. I have power and authority over all unclean spirits to cast them out. Amen. Man, I'm going to tell you that devil, he does not want you. See, he's banking on you thinking that, you know, he's bigger than you. And, you know, you got to grow. You got to learn, man. You, you don't you start messing with something like that. You, you probably got to be in, the, you got to probably got to go to seminary or something. But no, no, see again. Ain't none of them men been to seminary. Ain't none of them men been to seminary. Listen, the devil knows that you have authority over him. Just trying to find out if you know that you do. I don't feel like I've done it justice, so maybe we'll be back here again next week. But I want you to, because see, I know it's a unique situation. They told the demon to leave the little boy and it didn't go. But how many times have you, maybe it wasn't a demon, maybe it was a crick in your neck, maybe it was a headache, maybe it was a scratchy throat, maybe it was, you follow what I'm saying? And, and so we, we pray, release our faith, and, and then that thing seems to defy us. This is where so many people pull back, well, it didn't work. See, again, you've got to have an attitude about you that says, devil, you're not coming up in here with no flu in my house. If you have to say it in between hurling in a bucket. Are you following what I'm saying? You ain't, you ain't, no sir. Ain't no viral infection coming up in here attacking my family. Not happening. Never forget when Bethany was little, she, I don't know if it was some kind of stomach virus or something, but I can still see Pam was in the fray, you know what I'm saying? She was in there, had her hair so it wouldn't get vomit in it. And, and uh, I was, you know, I was in the hallway holding down the fort, you know what I'm saying? God. And she would heave. 
throw up in the, and she didn't know what was happening because this is, this isn't like baby spit up. This is like toddler and its own, you know what I'm saying? And she would heave into that toilet and I'm standing over here and she would come up with those, you know how it makes eyes water. She'd look at me with them big old brown eyes and the tears rolling in her eyes and she would say, sing daddy, sing. And she'd throw up again and then she'd look at me, she'd say, sing daddy, sing. She was wanting me to worship, right? She was wanting me to worship, see? Some fight in her, right? Like, I don't know what's happening to me right now, but this ain't supposed to be happening to me right now. Right? Amen. If you have to, if you have to sing in between hurling, you follow what I'm saying? Amen. Because that, see, the devil, he's, try, he's bullying you. <sighs> Father, you're good to us. Thank you for opening our eyes to see the truth for what it really is, Father. And Lord, the power and authority that we've been given in the name of Jesus. Father, we don't, we don't need anything else but you. We just, we just need faith in what you've given us, Lord. And it's more than enough. It's more than enough. Father, forgive us for sitting around waiting for something else to happen. It's, it's already happened, Lord. It's already went down, Lord, at Calvary. The battle's already been won. Jesus, you already stomped a mud hole in every one of them demons. And I thank you, Lord, that we now have power and authority over not just a few of them, not just the weak ones, but all of them. All of them. Thank you, Lord, for helping us. Thank you, Father, that as you're teaching us about these things and our faith where these things are concerned, Lord, that it's, it's carrying over into other areas of our lives, Father. Lord, thank you for helping us to grow in our faith, Father, and our ability to use it to solve what would otherwise be an impossible life problem, Lord. We thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Praise God. Shake somebody's hand, hug somebody's neck, love somebody in Jesus.